and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. I'm your host, Nico Polizzi. Thank you for tuning in. If you've had a paranormal or spiritual experience and would like to be on the show, go ahead and email me at upstateunconventional at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. What's up, everybody? Today's guest is Pepper Rose from the very popular Instagram page, Peppers of Peach. I've known Pepper for a while. We're pretty good friends. We're both from upstate New York, and she was a big inspiration for me to start this show, so it's really cool to have her on and talk about some of her paranormal and spiritual experiences. We covered everything from Instagram to her being an empath, her journey through yoga, and we even got into some past life regressions or interesting dreams and things like that. It was a really fun episode. We talked for over two hours. Uh, we quickly realized that we both suffer from ADD, so it's the conversation was kind of all over the place, but yeah, nothing a little editing couldn't fix and tighten up, but I hope you guys enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've got a thing for redheads, you've seen this girl on Instagram. So, without further ado, Pepper. Hello, Nico. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. Uh, I don't know if so much of that's true, if that's it's the true. case. but uh... <laughs> Just type in any red redhead-related hashtag and your pictures pop up. Oh, okay, well, thank you for having me today. So, we're going to talk some... Well, let's just talk about Instagram first, then. Let's okay. see... Sure. Because, so when did you start your Instagram page? I actually started it a year ago uh, during the whole quarantine situation. Um, I just thought it would be fun to try something different. You know, I always sort of, I had a private Instagram, very small little Instagram to share with family and friends strictly. Um, And then I decided one day, my gosh, I'm bored. You know, why don't we, why don't, why don't we do something a little different? And, uh, so I started this redhead kind of inspired Instagram account. Um, I always, you know, loved art and photography and stuff like that. So I just started taking random selfies. It started with really, it wasn't even supposed to be a redhead thing. Honestly, it was about, uh, really my love of like cooking and food and stuff like that and art. So I started out making sort of a play on old Renaissance paintings where I'm the subject holding a piece of fruit or something along those Mm -hmm. lines. Um, And then eventually it turned into a redhead thing, um, which was really interesting for me to transition into that um, solely being about (laughs) my looks. So it it was a little awkward transition at first, but... I didn't realize I had no idea. I'm very naive to this that there is an actual redhead thing. There's a freckle thing, and I cover. <laughs> There's a fetish for literally everything out there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing that lately. Uh, yeah, being uh, exposed to all of this stuff. So, yeah, but I was very naive to it. But um, yeah, so I sort of just let that happen. And it naturally developed into something 
it's not huge by any means, but it's, it's growing, it's getting there, and it's weirdly life-changing. I think it was right after Thanksgiving, the weekend after Thanksgiving, was when I hit 10K followers, and I was like, well, this is so crazy. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Why do these people like me? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's pretty Well, obvious. I'm just saying, you know, I've always been very humble and stuff like that. And uh, growing up, you know, I've always been, you know, I was always teased and stuff like that about my look. So it wasn't really, uh, I, I never thought I was really attractive, <laughs> I'll put it that way, or popular. So it's been very interesting for me. I'm very uh, um, uplifting, but I'm very humbling at the same time, so interesting that you didn't think you were attractive but anyway <laughs> so you were telling me before we started recording that it's very interesting put because you're an introverted person yes. naturally yeah yeah i am it's you would never know it no not for my instagram for mm -hmm. sure uh it's definitely a good place for self-expression for me and my uh I guess what I always wish I could be outwardly to everyone else, but you know, I can, uh, I can be that on my Instagram. I don't have to be the nerdy introverted girl <laughs> that I actually am. So it's, it's been a really, uh, yeah, interesting experience. That's really cool though. Let's get into the reason why you're on here, some spiritual stuff. So you're telling me you're an empath. Explain that. I am. So I am an empath. Uh, been, it was super intense um, when I was younger. I realized, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it until I was much older. But when I was younger, I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of um, almost like symptoms that I felt like I was sick all the time but I now know it wasn't actually sick and I was always <laughs> I was a little bit of a hypochondriac I was always checking my temperature I was kind of like doing these weird like you know Woody Allen-esque <laughs> skits I think on my own uh, I just remember trying to like get away from everyone you know I grew up in a very uh, loud Italian household we had people over all the time my grandparents um, raised me and it was an amazing childhood but it was hard on me in the respect that there were so many people over all the time and I've always needed it's a lot of different Quietude. energies coming in and out of the Too house. Too much energy. So mm -hmm. I didn't realize at the time what was going on with me until a lot of self-discovery later on in life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why you're that little freak. You know, hiding under the coffee table or behind the couch when everyone came over, you know. Um, I wasn't a total hermit or anything then. And I actually liked being around adults more than mm -hmm. other kids. I just felt like I was more understood. I liked kind of like putting myself into adult conversation. Um, and yeah, it just made me more comfortable to, to be around adults. Um, so in a way, it's sort of dissipated, but I have to say I always struggled, struggled in school. Um, 
uh, not only because of this, but I was, I was very uh, shy about my looks. I was, um, you know, sensitive and I was told that was a bad thing growing up, not by family, but mostly by friends, you know, Your looks or being well, shy, being, being sensitive. Mm-hmm. That was a very negative thing. And I was told I was sensitive in a very negative way, even up until after college, you know, and then, um, it's funny, but now many years have passed since then. And I, I'm not as sensitive anymore. And I've learned to put up this sort of shield Mm -hmm. naturally on my own. And so that has helped me fight those other energies around me that affected me so much growing up. Interesting. So is it something you actively have to do to walk around or is it more like it's just second nature now? You just yeah. explain that a little more. Okay. So, uh, for instance, this one time in particular really sticks out of my head. I always struggled. So when I was older, uh, I would say it, it really started after college. Um, I... What'd you go to college for? Painting and art history. So, um, yeah, uh, it was great. I I loved my college experience. But it was after college when you're sort of like, what am I going to (laughs) do? Wait, why? I chose this? Wait, I'm an artist? Now what? So um, that's sort of when I had a little bit of a freak out. I did get a good job as a designer for um, a very large company. And they treated me well for many, many years. And it was a great place to work for. Um, But anyway, back to the, what I was trying to get at. I would, going out to restaurants was a nightmare for me. So for some reason, sitting in restaurants killed me. I was so affected by everyone around me. And I was, I, I felt trapped sitting at tables and I couldn't get away. Mm-hmm. And this one time, I was, I was out to eat with my mom and my friend, and I just could not focus on anything they were saying to me. It was almost like their voices were muted, like you know Charlie Brown. You know how like the teacher, that's what was happening out of their mouths, and around me, everyone I could hear. I heard everybody speaking. And all the tables around me. And it sent me into a panic attack. And I had to get out of that restaurant so fast just to run out to the street because we were in the city. And I had to clear my head. I had to get away from that sound, Mm -hmm. you know, of everyone else. And then later on, I did my own research. And I figured out what was going on because this happened many times. And uh, I realized that it was the energies of other people Mm -hmm. that were affecting me. And I could actually feel other people's energies affecting me. And, um, yeah, so I learned to put a shield up. And literally, I would say, like, a golden ray of light around me. Protect me with this light. And after a while, it just worked. And I just had the mindset Mm -hmm. that I was going to be protected when I went out. Mm -hmm. And I was. And eventually it worked. So it was almost like, I didn't know it at the time, it was almost like, I don't know if you want to call it a prayer, a meditation. I don't know exactly what I did, but I did it. 
and it helped me and it was a protection a form of protection for me is instagram its own shield because am i just way off with that or no is it? <laughs> you're way off nico i don't know what you're talking about mm -hmm. um instagram okay so i I don't want you to get the wrong idea because I am social. I do love to talk to people. I love to get to know people. I love to get dressed up and go out and do all those sorts of things. I just prefer to stay home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do enjoy those things in small doses, but I'm such a homebody. Um, so, but I am. I so yeah. I I'm a. I think. I'm absolutely more introverted than I am extroverted, but I, I can definitely do the extrovert thing. I just get absolutely exhausted after a while, and I just need to go home and get away from everybody that I'm with. So I do very good one-on-one -on -one small groups and stuff like that. And I really like helping other people too, but that might be a different subject altogether, mm -hmm. but I think that's why I like small groups too because, you know, Definitely. Well, I mean, like the restaurant story, I, I, I yeah. can relate to that a lot because restaurants are chaotic. People are being gluttonous. People are ordering. I mean, it's like insane. I've had yeah. very similar experiences to that where you, you're looking at the menu and all you hear is the chaos going on around yeah. you. And you're like, I don't even know what I want. And then... Right. Yeah, it, it's terrible. The clinking of... I, I mean, clinking of knives and forks on the plate. I mean, that this is what... Mm -hmm. I heard this is what I would focus in on was this sound and then the feeling and then people's energies. There's no other way to explain it. Um, so it was just a lot of noise. It was too much for me. Like your Instagram page is very positive. There's no, there's nothing negative about it. You never post anything that you're sad or depressed or anything. It's always like very bubbly and bright. And... Mm -hmm. Well, that's the whole point of Instagram for me. I'm not going to put my sad, you know, if I have a sad day, I'm not going to write about it. I'm not going to, I don't want to put that out there to the people that are following me. I want to be a positive source. If I can to, to somebody, I might not be to all of them but maybe someone will feel inspired or positive you know more positive that day because of something i said or maybe because i smiled a certain way or you know i don't know but i i don't feel and i just don't know why it's it's my place to put negativity or my negativity or any kind of sadness or bitching can i say that yeah <laughs> or bitching want. about things because let's face it this is an escape for people I don't want to put that kind of stuff out there. That's really important to me. That's really important to me. And it's not being fake. It's not being um, phony or hiding things. But this is genuinely who I am to, at my core, Pepper Rose, and what you see. Private stuff you keep to yourself. Absolutely. You, know? you have to. But that's what I love and respect about your page is that it's it. there's no negativity behind it, really. It's just not to mention the images are great to look at. But <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is a big thing because I, was, I think I was getting into this before. As much positivity as I do receive, you do get a lot of negativity. A lot of – I've lost a lot of, believe it or not, <laughs> it's so weird to say it, but friends do too 
my Instagram page. Yeah, you were telling me about that. You've lost a lot of real life friends and even like family members because of this. Yes. Yeah. And it's not like I sacrificed. (laughs) It's not like I was like. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I was like, hmm. No one gave me an ultimatum. They weren't like me or peppers of peach. It was literally like, you suck. I'm walking away from you now Mm -hmm. because I don't like your Instagram page. That's pretty much what happened. But it it gets rid of the weeds you don't want in your garden. You know what I mean? Exactly. You cut out the negative people in your yeah. life. I yeah. agree 100%. Yeah. So that's what happened. And I don't need I don't need that. I don't need that negativity or those weeds no, anymore. That's, that's a good, <laughs> if that makes sense. It's a great metaphor, though, because if you're stuck in the weeds and you let weeds fill your garden, it's never going to grow. No. And obviously you cut out the right weeds. Or yeah. Well, they, the, yeah, the weed, yeah. yeah, they pull the weeds and grows and flourishes. Yeah, it does. It's very interesting. People, what, what lengths people will go to, to kind of cut you down. Um, when you're just trying to be yourself, be fun, be positive, you know, I, this is a place for me to escape, express myself, be creative. And some people don't like that. And they take it personally or they, you know, want to cut you down and, you know, try to ruin everything for you. It's like it's Instagram people. Right. It's not. You're still a person. This is not my actual life. Like I'm not, you know, uh, Instagram is a part of my life and it's a wonderful experience, a great positive experience for the most part. But it's not my life. So it's just funny to me how people will just, you know, mm-hmm. put put it all on me, and that that's all I do all day is just lay around, day. you know, right? <laughs> lay around taking selfies all day, right? Because like, <laughs> so you want to? That's a good segue into because you are your job is you're a yoga therapist correct well i have my training and yes i i have my yoga therapy certification um and since this is a spiritual podcast we should probably start talking about some <laughs> spiritual stuff so sure. do you want to get into yeah how did you get into yoga i got into yoga very randomly in 2014 uh we went to cape cod and we went with um let's see who was there my parents my grandparents, my uncle, a couple other family members, and we rented this big house. We're we're in this house, and we're really enjoying the vacation. And I was going through a little bit of odd anxiety though that summer. You know, it wasn't even the summer. What was so interesting about it is that we actually decided to go in June this year, this particular year, 2014, which we never have done. We usually go on vacation in like late July, August. It's always been that way. So to go in June was weird. And we don't even know to this day. Well, I do know now. But we couldn't figure even out why we decided to go in June. I was having like odd anxiety. I know, kind of like the restaurant thing. But I was doing this thing where like I couldn't like almost get my words out. It was almost like, you know, now I've learned because I'm very into... Uh, spirituality and stuff like that but I had a real big blockage in my throat chakra that was really holding me back but I was having symptoms actually of this blockage 
unbeknownst to me. So I thought there was something, again, medically wrong with me. Mm-hmm. It was a, a chakra imbalance. I was having feelings like I couldn't swallow or my tongue was feeling swollen. I was having like these anxiety attacks like, oh my gosh, am I having allergic reactions to pretty much everything I'm eating under the sun? And it was really hard for me. I remember laying in bed crying, being like, I love food. I can't eat it anymore because I'm afraid I'm going to die. And it was so unbelievably outlandish to think in those terms. Mm-hmm. But I was having these symptoms and I was having this anxiety. Anyway, I was on the deck at this house one, one morning and I was exercising and I wasn't even doing yoga. I was just out there stretching and... Um, Have you started doing yoga yet? Or no? no, not really. I actually had, I got a Pilates certification years before that and I taught that very part-time at a Pilates studio and I really enjoyed it. I've always been into fitness and stuff like that. So I was out there and I was just kind of doing some Pilates and some stretching and stuff. I remember I had like my legs up and, you know, I was looking up at the clouds and I had a very interesting moment. Something. So I, I say this all the time. And I've said it to you before. I feel like something, somebody or something talks to me or tells me something. No, I'm not schizophrenic. It's literally like a spirit. You think it's your spirit guide? 100%. <laughs> okay. So go ahead. So, so it's not like I'm hearing a voice going like, Pepper. No, you're on a spiritual paranormal podcast. <laughs> like, hearing voices is normal. Like, that's yes. not, you're not going to freak anyone out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's, it's, it's a gut feeling. It's a, it's a gut thing, and it just comes into my head, and it's a feeling I get, and that's how it speaks to me. Mm-hmm. And then I pursue it, and it's right. Yeah. So. Well, that's why they say trust your gut. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And it's, do it. Because that's literally, it's hard to tap into that. But once you can tap into that, you're good. Yeah. Something spoke to me and said, you need to, you need to become a yoga teacher. So so did it, this is always, no, no, this is always interesting to me when you get these type of messages because Mm -hmm. you don't, for me, I don't hear the voice. Like, so did Mm -hmm. something actually tell you like, you heard it over your shoulder, like, you're going to become a yoga teacher, or is it more like you just knew it? It was an idea. It's almost like the idea comes in my head, and my gut and my heart go, yep. And it was, it's, it's almost like it's implanted in my head, though. It's not like I was thinking about yoga. Maybe I was, maybe on a subconscious level, because I was doing Pilates, or sort of, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you have a mat, and you're doing some sort of similar, you know, the actions. Action, like, yeah, you're moving. But I wasn't, I didn't have yoga on the brain, or on the mind, or anything like that. And something told me, you need to, you need to take yoga teacher training. And I thought, that's so weird, why am I thinking about this? And then I became... Not obs- not like crazy obsessed, but I was like obsessed for the rest of the duration of this vacation. Like I got to get home so I can sign up for a yoga teacher training. It was so strange. Everything I did just affirmed it for the next few days being on vacation. So I got home and I found a program, a really, really good program. And uh, I signed up and I just did it. 
And I was like, I know nothing about yoga. I know nothing about it. What am I doing? She accepted me into the program. And that was it. So this program I got accepted into, let's say, early July. I was excited. I was nervous. And it started in September. So it went on for nine months. It was like one long weekend out of every month. And like, you know, I, I forget exactly the time frame of it. But it was a lot of work. A lot of work and a lot of commitment, but I was ready for it. I was excited about it for some weird reason. Again, not knowing exactly what was going on behind the scenes. So at the end of, toward, going toward the end of July, I actually had a, I was having like some stomach issues. And I thought, mm, that's weird. Like I'm just feeling off. You know, maybe it's just my anxiety because I've been having it lately. I don't know. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. So I went to the doctor and he said, you know, let's just do like a gallbladder scan and just see. Maybe it's your gallbladder. And I thought, okay, why not? So I went, I had a gallbladder scan. Uh, when I was getting the scan done, um, she said to me, do you have polycystic kidneys? And I said, no. What do you mean? And she said, oh, Okay. Well, I would just maybe go have that checked out. And I was like, oh. She's like, it seems as though you have some cysts on your kidneys. It's probably no big deal. But I would just have it, you know, just checked out and see what happens. So, I'm going I'm to cut you off right there. Yeah. Because I don't think you mentioned this yet. But you were telling me that you talked to a psychic medium mm -hmm. that told you about your kidneys. Yes. Go into that. First? Yeah, well, she told you that beforehand, correct? Yeah. Right, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so let's... let's Rewind back, a little bit? Rewind a little bit, so you... Through these years, I've had a lot of loss in my life. I have, on very personal levels, besides losing some of these weeds <laughs> we're mm -hmm. talking about, which really is absolutely fine and is part of growth and evolution. Mm -hmm. That's no big deal to me anymore. Um, but I've had a lot of loss so I had my godmother um, pass away um, going in for elective elective surgery something that she wanted to do to better her life and she passed away mm -hmm. um, and that was very hard on the whole family obviously she was younger she you know she was my aunt my godmother um, very close she was like a second mom to me and that was a really harsh, a hard, hard loss and a hard thing to go through. So this is one thing, time we had a family party and on the way we drove past this little shop. It was sort of, a, it's a mystical shop. It's no longer open, unfortunately. It was a great place, but it said psychic readings today. And both my cousin and I were like, yes, we have to go, you know, <laughs> let's try it out. So we got to the party, I called and they got us in. She, the, the owner of the store said, yes, I, you know, she has two more appointments today, you know. So we made the appointments after the party. We went there. And I really didn't hold a lot of stock into going to it. I did it mostly to be with my cousin and it's something we would enjoy together. Um, I went and it was, I didn't know at the time, but life-changing for me. And the person that I met was life-changing for me. And um, so she at the time told me, a lot of things, a lot of real personal things that I was shocked about. 
that have since come true. And one of them, she said, do you just have your kidneys checked? And I was like, really? Okay. Like, you know, okay, I'll have my kidneys checked. Scuffed it off, whatever. She also told me some other interesting things, like I'm a star seed and things like that. And I am an empath and a lot of things about my widow's peak on my head and um, asking me a lot of different questions and giving me a lot of different things to think about and chew on. And it was very interesting. It was something that I just never expected to happen because I had been too many before and I never had this experience before with anybody. It was a half hour experience and it was life changing for me. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately there are a lot of frauds in this, in that business. But so how long before you got your kidneys checked, did this woman tell you? Uh, this was checked. in November, the year before, like, so November 2013. Okay, so interesting. Mm-hmm. And you never had any previous? Nothing. No issues, no scan, no, nothing. There would be no reason for me to right. have problems. No, I don't, you know, I didn't have any issues, nothing. Interesting. All right, so let's fast, we'll fast forward so, back to, Yeah. you go to the, get your gallbladder checked. Yes. And the nurse tells you. Or asks you, do you have polycystic kidney disease? She didn't say that. She just said, do you have polycystic kidneys? Didn't call it a disease yet because I probably would have flown off the table and yeah, yeah died on the spot. Um, so she said, do you have polycystic kidneys? And so anyway, I said, no. And she's like, well, you got some cysts on your kidneys. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I better get that checked out. I ended up going to a nephrologist and I was diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease. And so what that is, is a disease, basically your kidneys are just covered in cysts and I don't have any issues with my kidneys. Thank God, there's no problems. And I intend to keep it that way. And I do a little, you know, I need to get back into things I used to do to better myself. Uh, healing and more internal healing I've sort of gotten away from that a little bit uh, but I feel myself lately getting more back on that path because I'm being called to get on that path again it, it was kind of, you know the doctor was very harsh of course you know it wasn't a very comforting situation telling me terrible things you know one of the one of the you know, 5% of uh, people are, are, are sort of like oh this is how it was worded you have a greater chance to have a brain aneurysm that you have this disease. And I, hearing that was worse than having the disease. And I wanted to just, Mm -hmm. I think I literally got woozy and almost passed out when he told me that because it was, I've just been going through my life, you know, and I've been struggling with this weird anxiety issue and all this. We just got back from Cape Cod a couple weeks before that. I started coming down with this cold. So I go home and I call my grandmother because we were so close. My grandmother was like my mom, you know, Um, so close. I mean, and I told her uh, and she was trying to be strong for me and everything, but she was very concerned and very upset and I could tell. But uh, I was petrified, you know, at the mm-hmm. time. Um, I didn't know what I was dealing with on any level. 
So I jumped into everything full bore, cookbooks, how to eat right, going to nutritionists, trying to figure out how to heal myself internally. Is there any way I can get rid of these cysts? I mean, I just went full bore. Well, this was on a Thursday. I spoke to my grandmother Friday evening, and she also had this chest congestion cold situation. And I was getting it now by Friday evening. You know, when you have a, you start, you start to feel a cold coming on. And then the next day, it just like hits mm-hmm. you like a ton of bricks. That was the situation I was in. My grandmother felt that way. I hadn't seen her in a few days anyway. And so we called. She called me. And I remember not feeling well. And I sort of just let the call go. And because I was like, I don't feel like talking right now. I don't feel good. I'm depressed. Everything's going wrong. You know, I was just sort of in that kind of mood. I can't talk to anybody right now. But she called and uh, left a message and said, I just want to tell you, I love you and everything's going to be okay. I promise you. And I called her back and we talked. And then the next morning I woke up at 5 a.m. My heart was racing. I felt like I was going to, I felt like I was having a heart attack. I was filled with insane anxiety. It was an incredible feeling of panic. And then I got a call that my grandmother, something was wrong. I got in my car, I jumped right in my car and I drove to their house, which was about three miles down the road and I got there and there were fire trucks ambulance you name it I ran up the driveway and my stepdad was there and he came out and I was like how you know my grandmother called her nanny and I said so how's nanny what's going on is she okay and I was panicking and he told me she's she's gone and it was out of the blue out of the blue. There was no, she was not sick. Yes, she had this cold, but she wasn't sick. She had nothing. She was so healthy and vibrant and young acting. And I mean, she was my best friend, you know? And my grandfather is still alive. Um, so without getting into too many more details on that situation, I now discovered I have polycystic kidney disease. I could possibly die at any moment because I'm a ticking time bomb in my head from a goddamn (laughs) brain aneurysm. And my grandmother-slash-mother-slash-best-friend drops dead. I felt completely lost, like I had nothing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give up on everything. I was weak as hell. I did not deal with this grief. I I dealt with it on a healthy level where I cried my fucking eyes out all day, every day. But people would come over and if they weren't upset, I was angry. I I Mm -hmm. couldn't look at people. Again, this was like the worst time because not only did I lose her, but I had to deal with fucking everybody <laughs> again coming into my into their house the house I grew up in 
my poor grandfather, seeing his complete and utter sadness and watching his downfall from there. And he did pass away two years later. Um, But, um, yeah. So, anyway, I emailed my yoga teacher that I was going to, my you know, the yoga teacher trainer. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't think I can do this. I have polycystic kidney disease. I might move the wrong way and die. Mm -hmm. My grandmother just passed away. And I'm a mess. And she said, you need yoga now more than ever. Don't quit. Don't mm-hmm. say no. Come. Mm-hmm. And I did it. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. And I went in September. And it was insanely life-changing for me. And now I know why I got that calling. Because if I didn't have yoga at the time, I don't know what would have happened, Hmm. but it saved me. Hmm. So sorry, where do we leave off? It's all good. (laughs) I have a moment there. (laughs) It's still, you know, after all these years, it's still not easy to talk about, you know. Mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. Totally get it. So yoga came at the right time. Yoga came at the right time. Yoga was very interesting to me. It taught me so many things. There's also I also struggle with the yoga community very much. Me too. I have a lot to say about okay. it. But I'm not a part of it, so yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you sure. talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so much a part of it anymore either. But So here I am learning, and I see change. I see change not only in my body physically, things that I can do, Things that I, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I can do this. I can't believe my body feels this way. I can't believe uh, small little things, small little victories that, whoa, you really notice on micro levels and then major levels, you start to see change. But the biggest change is mentally and emotionally. So you, I, I was in a very extensive training course and. I became very close to the teacher. We prayed. I would say I'm going to use the word pray, but, you know, we meditated, but we had mantras to deities and goddesses of the Hindu religion. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful at the time. I always was in search my whole life of that sort of thing. I was into finding out about guardian angels and angels and spirit guides for a very long time anyway. I just didn't, and I always felt, yes, there is God, but I am questioning everything. And yeah, oh, I was spiritual. (laughs) You hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was spiritual. Yeah. So it's real. Yeah, it's real. Um, But I didn't tell anybody. This is the difference. I didn't walk around telling people I was spiritual. Um, I didn't make it a thing. I um, so we prayed to these goddesses, and 
you sort of end up finding one during this training that most speaks to you. And I actually um, found a goddess that most spoke, that spoke to me the most. And she was actually the goddess of music. And you sort of connect with this goddess. And it's very empowering. And then you, in a way, learn to take on these qualities of these goddesses, in a way. So, <clears throat> but the best, most powerful tool that I learned in yoga was meditation. And the most important thing that I also learned about yoga is that we do yoga just for meditation. That's what it's about. Mm. Yes, the yoga moves and practice of actual yoga is amazing for our bodies. And when you sync it with breath, it's amazing for our minds and our bodies and our mental health, emotional health. Everything is being interconnected when you're doing those moves. But we do those moves to get to stillness. And the stillness is to get to meditation. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge lesson. And the meditation is where my life changed, for sure. The bit in the most profound way. Because I learned through these very complex, deep meditations that we are merely meat suits. I believe that 100%. And there's so much more in us. This isn't it. And I learned this through meditation. And it helped me deal with my disease on crazy levels acceptance of it and acceptance of my grandmother's passing away and it prepared me for the loss of my grandfather you know coming up the January 2016 it prepared me for that so meditation's powerful yeah I, I hear that a lot and I can't do it because I can't sit still I can't clear my mind well you know that's when you need it the most I've heard <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I've heard so many things, but it's so interesting. I want to get into the idea that we're just meat suits, so. Yeah. That's it. That's, we are not just meat suits. Right. We, I, I mean, I believe we are beings of light that are trapped in this realm or that's dimension. What, that's, you're, you're being more eloquent about it. I said we are just meat suits, and that's incorrect. We're trapped in them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trapped in these things, these burdens yeah. that we have to carry around with us that weigh heavy on us, that do get riddled with diseases. And But the re like for me, the reality is, is none of this actually matters in the grand scheme. Like, I feel like we're here to either learn lessons or advance spiritually somehow. Mm -hmm. But I don't think this reality we live in is real. I don't think it's the end all be all. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people think it is. And what was were you religious before yoga? So, I grew up Catholic mm -hmm. and uh went to Catholic school my whole life from preschool on. And I even went to a Catholic college, but I never practiced and mm -hmm. it always scared me. Mm -hmm. And I always had severe anxiety about it. 
and I didn't understand why. I had some odd experiences, but I don't think that really was my turning point. Something just didn't 100% sit well with me. Um, I'm the same way. I was raised Greek Orthodox, and I had some pretty traumatic experience. But it's actually kind of funny looking back at it now, but... It was traumatic, and the the imagery scared me. Like everything about organized religion always freaked me out, but I always knew there was a god or there was something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Well, the biggest thing for me, which early on irritated or bothered me or made me feel weird, was the public prayer thing, going to church. And having to pray in a public setting that yeah. really never sat well with me. And I felt this is such a private thing. This is right. like between you and God or you and whoever you're praying to. I shouldn't have to sit next to strangers and pray. I felt so uncomfortable and I rejected it. Yeah, I, I agree with it. I can't even tell you anything about the Greek Orthodox faith because I just didn't go. Mm-hmm. And I tried to get back into it later in life, and it just freaked me out. It was very weird. But you're right. I mean, I think there could be benefit to a public prayer for, like, let's say a group of people was praying for a specific thing. Mm -hmm. They're praying for a kid or they're praying for someone Mm -hmm. to make it through, whatever. Not whatever. But, you know what I mean? I think there is strength in numbers for that. But when it just comes down to individual prayer, that's your... That's your prayer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone's going to have something different and everyone prays in a different way. And to just be sitting there and almost like make it mandatory. Like, okay, right now you're going to pray. Like that's right. weird to me. And this is the words you're going to say. Right. And then after we're done saying these particular words, just like randomly spitball whatever you want to say. And then you're like, wait a minute. Now I don't have a, I don't have a guide. Make sure you what put am, money in the basket too. Right. What am I praying? So it, it was very confusing to me, and I never thought I was doing it right. <laughs> I actually was like, I'm not doing this right, and I'm embarrassed, and I'm weirdly ashamed in weird ways. Uh, so I didn't, um, I didn't like it. Yeah. So with meditation, it's different because even though you are in a group setting in this yoga practice and you're learning to meditate, you're not praying. Mm-hmm. You are discovering things in yourself and what you're capable of. Yeah, see, that's my problem. I can't, I couldn't do that in a group of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I could probably maybe do it alone mm-hmm. in a dark room, just being alone with my thoughts, but I just don't think I could that's be in why, a public class. Yeah, and no, do it. I understand. A lot of people aren't, can't do that, but. Because I, but my my circumstance is a little unusual because I was learning to be a teacher. So right, so you have to learn. Yes, yeah, so you that. have to learn how to do it in that way. Um, but that's like what I would say is one of my biggest issues with yoga. And my other issue, we'll get into that. Let's we'll dive into this more. But like the meditation part should be like okay, everyone break down and go meditate in your own room or something. That's that's my opinion on it. Yes, I, I do see why you would think that, but I have to tell you how powerful it also was to be in a room that's fully energetic and then everyone, energy comes down and you feel it and you're all still. It's very interesting. 
maybe I'm just not enlightened enough, but how do you get to that point knowing there's people around you? It, it's practice. It takes a while. Mm. If I recall, I was probably extremely uncomfortable the mm-hmm. first few times I sat there. First of all, the first thing, which is very funny, you have to learn how to sit on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so weird to say that, but it's it extremely excruciating mm-hmm. to learn how to sit on the floor for hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. and then eventually it doesn't hurt anymore everyone was in pain no one the youngest person in the group the most fit in the group we all had to learn how to sit properly in a yogic position on the floor for hours and hours and to this day i can do it for hours and hours i can mm-hmm. sit on the floor in stillness for hours and hours in this yogic position i'm not saying in a meditative state but i can sit there without having aches and my you know your lower back starts hurting mm-hmm. people have a hard time sitting on the floor i don't it completely <laughs> i don't know it's very unusual so that i think it's funny looking back because it was definitely like one of the first exercises you know mm-hmm. a breakthrough for all of us um so it was important um there's a lot of intricacies to it and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that you don't realize what you're doing or what you're being put through, and then you kind of find out, you know, this is all, this is all making sense now. It's a buildup of the strength of your body and your mind, and it really strengthens both those things. Very interesting. So how did medita- meditation change your life? Do you want to get into some specifics or just... Meditation changed my life because I found afterwards that I am the one that is the light, that I'm essentially, I'm the one that's healing myself. Mm -hmm. It's me that's capable of reaching out to the universe, asking and receiving you see what mm-hmm. i'm saying the the goddesses the deities they're inspiration for you but it's really you mm-hmm. it's all you you have to find that strength inside you mm-hmm. and you do yeah i agree with that yeah i mean because it is inside you because here's the thing we are all spiritual beings mm-hmm once you get it out of your head that you're not wor- if you if you're not worldly anymore and you realize you're a spiritual being it's a game changer yeah That's, once it's yeah. like once your eyes are open you yes. can't unsee no, it no you it's, can't unsee it and i'm not even anywhere close to being close to enlightenment or anything but once you start waking up to like mm-hmm. the reality behind things just even like the news like we were talking about the news yeah. before this too like you don't watch the news nope i don't watch the news you said you shut the news off after, what, 9-11? Mm-hmm. I never watched it again. Yeah. I mean, it's insane how how much that changes your life. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a Bill Hicks joke that's like, the news is like death, destruction, fire, chaos, and then you look out the window and it's just like, yeah, you know, it's a nice day out. Right, right. The birds are chirping mm-hmm. and the sun is still shining. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, 
so that I, I hope I explained that correctly. It's but it is. It's it's already within you. Yeah. You just need to find it, mm-hmm. and that's what meditation does. And so someone like you and still me, um, I'm getting back into it now. I got away from my practice for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but I'm getting back into it now slowly. But you need a guided meditation, and that really helps when you can visualize, you know, what you're meditating on. It's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. You can't just say, I'm going to meditate and sit there as a beginner and just try to clear your mind. You'll go crazy. Mm-hmm. That's so, probably how I'm going to do it and attempt it. <laughs> I'm not going to take any of your advice. I'm going to just right. sit alone. And no, don't take any of my advice. No, I'm just going to try it and be like, I can't do Get it. Get frustrated and, and then quit. just quit yeah. and move on. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But so I agree. I know there's science behind yoga. I know there's definitely benefits to meditation. You hear too many accounts that it. That there's no, you know what I mean? Like too many people have changed their life through meditation for it to be nonsense. So my question is how do you get like yoga to be more readily available to like average people? Because I do believe you can open your mind with this stuff. Mm -hmm. Even just just changing to positive thinking can like change it. You know what I mean? How do you make it more accessible to like, normal people normal people <laughs> yeah no I'm, i mean like i know normal people do yoga but yeah. they don't go into the deep yoga that you were into right they don't they don't take that step like you know what i'm saying I like do. people can go to a yoga class they can feel good but they treat it like an exercise they treat it like they're going to the gym some it's people not a... do it depends what studio you go to it depends what teacher you have everybody's different it's know? true but there's saying... instructors and there's teachers my right. friend I understand that. And I'm not bashing anything. I'm just saying, how do you make it more acceptable to like just average people that have never done it? That has to be their finding. Mm-hmm. It has. You can't go out there just to, to a group of people and say, That's, you must try this. Yeah. Isn't that just like anything else? It is because it's like trying to open people's eyes to just anything. Like, like let's say conspiracy. I'm not going to get into specific stuff or anything like that, but like, you can't save everyone and you can't no so but what i'm saying is this stuff is so powerful how do you put it out there so more people can at least look at it and be like oh i would try that because for me like it's very intimidating walking into a studio with all the crazy artwork and stuff (laughs) but that's not every studio i understand that there are some studios that are like that but it's not every studio or you can find a yoga teacher have private lessons mm-hmm. find a yoga teacher call them and say do you do private meditation lessons mm-hmm. i need to learn how to meditate mm-hmm. but again i think you're it's almost like you're saying how do you get all the people to get in here to meditate right, right like, because they don't know how powerful it is right but that's part of the process you right. can't, like you said, you can't save everybody, mm-hmm. and they have to discover it on their own, and it's through their own spirituality, some or something, or a calling, or a great awakening, possibly, <laughs> whatever it is. Sometimes you have to reach rock bottom mm-hmm. to realize what's good for you, yeah, or what could help you. I agree. So. For me, meditation helped me immensely. 
yoga meditation for sure. Now, like I was saying, there is some pros and cons to this community and I don't love everything about it. I, like I said, I moved away from it for a while, but if long as you choose wisely and uh, find Use an authentic, yep, mm-hmm. an authentic person. I just had an idea because mm-hmm. like authentic person, discernment and all this stuff. I think I'm a pretty good judge of character mm-hmm. and I have a pretty good BS meter. <laughs> Being an empath, how does that fit in? Can you read people right away? Like when you walk up to someone, can you just like feel their energy? Like I know you've told me before, like that you have those type of experiences where you just okay. So since I've learned to put the shield up, I try not to be that way. I try not to feel that with people right mm-hmm. away, but they feel it with me now. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like whatever I have around me has now projected off. And so you either, either love me or you hate me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've noticed. And it's very odd. It's very odd. And I don't know why that happens. Um, but that's sort of what happens with me. You either love me or you hate me. And yeah, it's, a, it's, it's odd. But no, I don't. Of course you get feelings about people and you get this intuition about people or you get senses from people and stuff like that. But again, I try not to let that kind of gum up anything for me because I want to be open-minded to, to things. But I pretty much have a sense of where we're, I'm going with this certain person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But right away, I guess you can say I'm sort of like, and I was described um, like this by a couple different people in, that are spiritual. I'm sort of like a mirror for people. Mm-hmm. Go on. And uh, I have this capability or tool that when you meet me in person, so, certain people, I'm not saying everybody has this feeling at all, but they sort of look back at what they see in themselves or what they don't like in themselves. I reflect that for them in an odd way. That's what I've been told. I still don't understand it myself, Hmm. but I've been told this from a couple different people. Interesting. And I have had very unsavory experiences with other people that I was completely shocked about that were that was unwarranted and I'm assuming it's because of because of this uh, empath um, quality that I have yeah it's very fascinating I'm just I'm trying to wrap my head around that too so people come up to you or, or just in general people see you and can you give an example of like sure <laughs> <laughs> so um one time i was um on, on a day t- trip with a friend okay and 
we ran into friends of his. Okay. Family friends. Yeah. So basically it was like his parents' friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he said to me, oh, there's so-and-so. I wonder if his wife so-and-so is here. You will love her. She's an artist. She's super cool, nice. And he explained to me all of these winning qualities I would find cool in another woman mm-hmm. or another person, you know. Mm-hmm. So we get out of the car. I think, I don't know if we we're walking at the time. I think we were walking on the other side of the street. We cross over. We meet the, the husband first. And he's in, he introduces me, and he's so sweet and kind and just adorable, nice, nice guy, totally nice. Now, I guess this couple was very close friends with my friend. He was almost like a son to these people. Mm-hmm. This woman comes out, and she looked at me and just couldn't look at me again. It was, she blocked me out. Everything about her just blocked me out. Almost, I could feel a cold, like, ice wall come up, and she looked away, never stared at me again, acted like I didn't even exist, acted like I wasn't even there, and would not even look in my direction, acknowledge me, nothing. Interesting. And it was the weirdest experience for me. So you're thinking, like, she looked at you, saw something she didn't like in herself, I don't know. Okay. This is what okay. I have been told, and that's very strange for me to say that. Mm-hmm. Because what does that mean? Does that mean I hold those qualities? Or does that mean I'm a reflection of light and that's dark? I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a weird situation, and that's not the first time that's happened to mm-hmm. me. And that's it is, unfortunately, mostly with women. I don't really get that with men. Um, yeah, I can't, and I, I, I can't imagine a lot of men aren't <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking on a spiritual level Nico. i know it's just a meat suit <laughs> it's just a meat suit remember that mm-hmm. um but i don't i feel a different sort of connection with a male energy with a female energy it's completely different when i vibe with a female energy it's the most exciting amazing thing but it's so rare Mm. where I vibe with male energy. I want to vibe with female energy, but I'm rejected a lot of times. And it sucks. Do you think it's because you have that shield up so often? It's possible, yeah. Because... I've heard that before, though, from other women and stuff, too. They're like, oh, I don't get along with girls. I get along better with guys. And it's almost become like a cliche. I'm not saying that's what it is here. I hated saying that because of that cliche. Right, but it's like I've heard that a lot. And from, like, people that are, you know what I mean? Like, you would think women would be, and I don't want to generalize or anything, but you would think women would be more loving or nurturing or understanding Mm -hmm. with certain things. But from what you've told me and what you're saying now, it's almost like your biggest critics are women. Oh, 100%. Right. Absolutely. Um, They are. And that's okay. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just the way life is and the way it's always been for me and my experiences. I've had... um, 
I don't, it also might be something I need to work on if there's trust issues for me with other women because I've been hurt so many times by women in my life. Mm. So it's So maybe it's you're putting odd. up like a wall, you think? I could be putting up a wall, but... On top I, of I your shield? I don't... A wall, a shield. Just you a know, full... A fortress. Yeah. Yeah, you have to like go over the bridge and... Mm-hmm. Pay the troll toll. Pay, yeah, to get in. Um... I just feel like I just feel like there's something there that I just can't explain. That's all. And it's unfortunate, but I am always approachable and I try to be anyway. So I don't it could be me, but I don't know if it's I mean, anything that It sounds that's, like it might be you. It's 100% me. <laughs> no. I suck. <laughs> um it's me, but I don't think it's anything that I do. Right. It just... That I want to do. It's just there. But it doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen every day. But it happens. It happens. So that was just one experience that I had that was very, very, very unusual. And I have since met, seen this person again and I get the same reaction. Interesting. But then again, she just might hate my guts for no reason. There might be not any. There might be no reason for her. You know, it might not be a spiritual. Yeah, she might thing. just be a nasty person. You right. Know? Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. That's interesting. So, you mentioned too. Before, let's talk about past lives, mm. and your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. I believe in them. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been happening to me a lot lately. I'll get these random memories. So you know how you get deja vu? Mm-hmm. And that's I get it very strongly. And mm. I haven't gotten deja vu so much lately, but I've been getting other sort of memories lately, very strong memories that have lasted now throughout my life, this life. And they've, they're coming up lately, okay. all of them. So... I feel that these memories are little glimpses of what I experienced before. Interesting. So, because, I mean, you told me about them, obviously. We talked before the show and everything. So, you believe that these aren't your memories. These are memories of a past life. Yes. Okay. Do you want to tell, tell the listeners? Well, the memories are not... For instance, I these memories are not of this time. They're of past times. Okay. So they don't look They look old. Like this life. Okay. Yes. They look old. They feel old and they feel extremely nostalgic. Okay. Well can you explain? Well, one of them that has come up is it looks like it's the late 1920s maybe 1930s it's if i can explain it i don't know location i don't not clear on anything but say it's like portland maine but circa 1920s 1930s (laughs) a ship has come in a big white bright ship has come in Everything, the sky is blue, the sun is shining, the the water is there, the water is there, the big 
boat is, you know, it's just a bright, colorful memory. There's uh, performers, dancers, like there's women with bobs. It's a very, it feels very 1920s to me. Red dresses, I see, and a lot of red, white, and blue. And when I think of it, it almost looks like Technicolor. Okay. It's so bright. It's so vivid. It's the equivalent of when you're a kid and you go to Disney World for the first time and everything looks so bright and colorful and it's just like overwhelmingly heaven. Okay. This feels, that memory feels like this to me. It feels very warm, exciting, uh, nostalgic. And I felt like I, I was there. I was absolutely there. Interesting. So can you see yourself like in the third person or are you seeing it through? I'm seeing it through my own eyes. Your own eyes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm seeing through my own eyes. So you think you're in Portland, Maine? in the 20s and there's a ship coming in where are you you're on the like the harbor the you know wherever mm -hmm. the ships come in yeah is this the same memory with the ferris wheel you were telling me about or is that a different memory no it's sort of like almost like a carnival like uh, a boardwalk yeah thing. like okay. a boardwalk carnival-esque feeling interesting celebration feeling Almost as though a ship has come in and they're sailors and they've come off of this ship. Mm -hmm. I'm Italian. I talk with my hands. I know. Head. You keep banging on the table. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so this is definitely not something that happened in your life. No. I, I don't think so. I, I would have had to have been extremely young and I don't, I don't know how it would be possible. To experience this memory, considering all the elements to it. Yeah. Again, did I imagine this? Did I? Is it just in my head? Is it something? Is it a memory that I came up with? Is it from a book I read one time and it just stuck in my head, this mm -hmm. visualization? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it doesn't feel like that. It feels like I experienced this time because it gives me feelings it gives me a warm, fuzzy, content feeling inside when I think about it. Mm -hmm. So, can you name like specific, like, are you in the crowd of dancers? Are you someone, you know what I mean? I'm like approach, I feel like I'm approaching this. Okay. I'm walking toward it. And is it a, is it a dream or is it more of a vision? Or you like, mean, do I dream about it? Yeah. No, it's never a dream. I might have dreamt about it. I don't remember, but mm -hmm. it's always a vision. Interesting. So you're awake. I'm awake during the day, and it'll pop into my head. Okay. For no reason. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. I get that a lot. And are there other... There, there was one that's come up a couple of times recently. It sort of... I don't know. I, I would almost say like a cave, but I, it wasn't like I was a 
you know, a cave woman. It wasn't that far back. I know. Mm-hmm. I could have been, but Neanderthal genes and all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt very Viking to me. Okay. Very, yeah. So this memory has been coming up into my head too lately. Um, Explain you, it if you can. The visualization? Yeah. I'm standing there. Now I see myself in this one, which is very unusual. Or it, so it's not you, right? You're not Pepper, obviously. Right. What no. are you? I don't know. But I know I'm a woman connected to one of these men that I'm with. Okay. That's what it feels like. And there's people holding fire sticks. Okay. And you're walking... Them. Yeah, a torch. In, yeah, a torch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fire stick. Fire it's stick. The Amazon fire stick. So you're walking. <laughs> I just want to paint it. You know what I mean? I want to paint the visual. Okay. So you're you're a woman walking with a man holding a torch through a cave. No, it, I, I'm in. I'm already in there. I'm standing around, and we're sort of having a discussion with other people around us. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yep. I'm in a long dress, long hair braids maybe situation but it's not a pleasant situation it's not entirely pleasant it's not bad but it's not pleasant where it's it's cold it looks uncomfortable this vision you mm-hmm. know um it doesn't give me the warm fuzzies is what mm-hmm. i'm saying but Do it's you... been a memory that keeps popping into my head interesting so what's going on in this vision it's, it's quick and it's simple, just like the other memory. And it's just, I see myself this time and I'm standing there. It's almost like we're standing around something, almost like either a table or a fire. And there's other men and there's weapons and there's torches. And torches. Yes. And there's like, everything's lit up with fire. Okay. And, and you- we're in this... I, again, it, it looks like a cave to me, but it could be a dungeon. It could be a castle. I don't know, but it's got that medieval or, uh, what was I saying? Viking. Medieval mm-hmm. slash Viking slash, you know, feel feel like that. It's got that feel. But there's you don't hear anything being no, spoken? No, or, okay. no, no. These memories are very uh, mute. I mean, there's... Right. Like in the other one, do you hear music or anything Mm -hmm. like that? No? So it's just... Was this one vivid too with like the Technicolor stuff or... No, it was dark. This is darker. Okay. The other one was very Technicolor and I still... That one is so vivid in my head. Mm -hmm. This other one comes and goes just lately. Mm -hmm. And it's always the same scene? Just scene. scene. Yeah. It's always the same scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So because the the one definitely where I feel like I'm at a port has so much feeling to it. This one, I again, it might be memory, it might be it might be a repressed past life memory, or it might be a visualization visualization that I've come up on my own. Um, but I don't have too much feeling with this memory that keeps popping into my head. 
or this picture that keeps popping into my head. Okay. Is it a still image or is it more, is, are people moving around and talking or is it? No, people are, we're, we're talking. Okay, so it's an actual scene. It's like an actual scene, yeah. It's not brain. like I'm looking at a picture. Okay. Yeah, it's a scene in my head. Very interesting. Yeah, it's a moving scene. And yeah. then you were telling me about another one, too. Uh -huh. This was a dream, though, you said. Yes. The war dream. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. that. Um, I had a dream that I was a in in war basically i was a soldier and i was at the time thought i was fighting or you know against either chinese or japanese because mm -hmm. i had i saw either chinese or japanese people in my dream But then it was actually, I was actually a Japanese or Chinese man in my dream. Okay. And I was in a black uniform and all, everybody ahead of me was, so you know when you see these army scenes and there's, so there's, this is the, the weird, really weird thing about it. I don't watch anything to do with war. I can't watch it. I'm so upset when I see it. Mm -hmm. It sticks in my mind. It just makes me, it, it ruins me <laughs> for a very long time. When I watch movies on it, documentaries on it, I can't watch war scenes. It's just hard on me for whatever reason. Right. Well, and I never understood why I can't even watch these things. I mean, I've had a lot of dreams involving war, mm -hmm. and I think because I'm the same way, I can't watch the movie Saving Private Ryan. I don't it yeah. it. I don't know if it's just because it's so graphic mm -hmm. or whatever, but I can watch other stuff that's graphic. Yeah. So that doesn't. It's not so much that that bothers me. It's yeah. almost like. Yeah, it's almost like you. It's like I've I've been there. I don't want to go back there. Right. Again, I'm not saying I was or wasn't, yeah. but I have a very similar experience with that where i've had very vivid warlike dreams yeah i would probably say more like vietnam era mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah like i can't i can't watch like any of those they no. trigger me on a different level yeah. or even like revolutionary war le like you know what i mean yeah. era stuff it just it messes with it's almost like i know too much yeah specific details <clears throat> of like loading a cannon like, why would I know? Mm. Like, you know, I can't watch the movie The Patriot. Like, I can't. Mm -hmm. There's something about those movies. Like, any war movie, I just can't watch Interesting. them. Interesting. Yeah, I get, I get the same way. Mm -hmm. So, I wonder if that is, if you were in war in a past life, mm -hmm. you blocked it out somehow. You know what I mean? But anyway, go on with your dream. So, you're... Well, I actually had two dreams of war very mm -hmm. close together. I had one dream where I everyone was in uh, camouflage, you know, fatigue, camouflage. It looked like Vietnam to me mm -hmm. because of the look of the style of the uniform. And I was 
walking through this chaos of people getting obliterated. Mm-hmm. And I was just like fighting back. Like there was no, I had no emotion. Like in my dream, I had, I don't know if you would, but I technically, or I typically, sorry, do. Sometimes I'll feel that emotion. And sometimes from dreams are so powerful powerful to me, I will wake up crying mm-hmm. if my dream was touched me in a certain way or bothered me in a certain mm-hmm. way. I'm still asleep and I'm crying in my dream and I wake up and I'm crying. I'm like, what the, what the hell? Like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I wake up laughing in my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but this dream, I was just, I was part of it and I was in it and nothing bothered me. I saw it all. It was like gore city and people were getting like blown up in front of my face and I was just in it and I had my gun and I was like fighting back. It was very strange. Hmm. And then my second dream was fighting in this more formal attire. I would say more old fashioned. So Mm -hmm. I would say years way before Vietnam era. And again, what I felt was me at first fighting like for America. Mm-hmm. I think ended up I was actually working out from the other side. But I was, I don't know, I can't quite understand it yet. But, but how it was laid out was I was in this black uniform and all these people are in front of me and they're just getting, we're like on a cliff side. And they're just getting, again, like obliterated shot, 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 shot. And this is the one, the Asian? Yes. Okay. Yes. And... Because I looked into this after you told me about this. Right. And again, maybe maybe I'm completely wrong, but it said that China and Japan were fighting in like the late 30s before World War II mm. officially started. Mm-hmm. I have to look more into it, but I just did a quick read, but because you said... It was like two Asian armies fighting. Yeah. So that's because I never knew. I, I don't know much about wars and things like that. But I didn't realize it was two Asian armies at first. This is the thing. I didn't realize it until afterwards when I saw myself. Okay. Tell the dream. Well, so let's start from the beginning because we're rambling on here. So how did the dream go? So the dream, I was in black uniform, mm-hmm. very formal black uniform. We're on a cliffside. And it's like round one, the guys in front, boom, 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 you take your shot. Everyone was on my side, was getting shot, falling off this cliff. Mm-hmm. I finally jumped like to the side. I made some sort of maneuver where I was underneath a cliff on an underhang underneath the cliff, almost like a little cave area. Mm-hmm. And I took out what like two or three of these people i don't know i just i I, in my dream i made this right move and i took out who i needed to focus on taking out and i did that which is so so, again so unusual not characteristic for me to do something like this or have dreams like this or watch things like this like so you're saying you weren't definitely wasn't like influenced by like a movie no i don't i haven't watched a movie in ages i don't watch tv i don't watch movies um so no i wasn't influenced by anything 
as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. So I shot and killed who I had to. And then I saw myself and I was, I was Asian mm -hmm. and I was a man. So. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely believe that that's probably, I mean, I believe dreams are multiple different things. It could be, you know, past life regression in a sense. It could be memories of a past life, like, same thing. It could be purely metaphorical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It could be influenced, just images in your head. But, yeah, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Especially for someone like you that does not watch anything, that does not like violence, that does not like... Mm -mm. So it's not like, oh, I was watching this documentary on World War Two, and then I had this weird <laughs> dream where I was fighting in the Japanese army or right. something. Yeah, so... No, it wasn't anything like that. So it was highly unusual for me to dream about something like that. That is interesting. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, Pepper. For sure. We've been going on for a while here. Yeah, <laughs> we have. We can definitely do a part two. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Well, we haven't talked about my, you know, little devilish side, have we, Nico? <laughs> No, we have not. <laughs> Let's get into that. For as positive and happy as I like to portray and be and project, I have a real devilish, dark little side to me. The truth comes out, people. Peppers <laughs> appear. Tune in. It's going to get really. You want to hear the dirty, dark secrets? Dirty, dark Peppers. secrets, the... guys. <laughs> Behind the scenes of Peppers a Peach. Everything's not so peachy. Here we go. Buckle in, boys. It's going to be wild. Okay, anyway. Um, I have a really <laughs> silly, fun, teasing, dark side to me. <laughs> that brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> I'm being perfectly honest with I know, you. I know. Yeah. But it's like a feeling inside my bones that when I like get like worked up to do something that is give maybe... me, You got to give examples. Okay. okay. That's how the show works, Pepper. Okay. You, I ask you a question and then you But you didn't me... ask me a good question. Okay. I'm sorry. So like. How Can would... I. explain yourself what do you mean you have this deep desire in your bones to be mischievous <laughs> okay that's it and i feel it a lot of times when i'm outside in the if i'm in the woods or by a stream or whatever i feel very connected you know but i feel like i want to be very mischievous on a very playful a little dark sometimes but very playful and fun loving with other people that I, yeah, I'm around, I care about, I let in, you know. I'm not like this with, like, people that I don't know or that I Can you give feel example, mediocre please? about. So you just want to do shitty things to people? Like, I just want to do really shitty things to people. <laughs> I get off on that. No. I don't, I don't like to listen to people. 
torment, tickle torture. Mm-hmm. All right, I think we're going to leave this part out. Pepper. Yes, Nico. It's been a wild ride. We've been all over the place. We laughed. We cried. We didn't sing or anything. Like that. I don't know. No, we didn't. We could. I'm not singing. Oh. Anyway, Pepper. Nico. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Peppers a Peach. Pepper. P e p p e r s underscore a underscore peach and that's uh, instagram i'm also on twitter as well at peppers a peach you can find me there awesome pepper it's been fun we're definitely gonna have to do this again i know you have more stories and you're gonna start a podcast soon too correct that is correct yeah what's your podcast called pepper pep talks how appropriate. <laughs> Thought it was catchy. What do you think? I think it's great. I yeah. think it's awesome. Why not? Pep Talks with Pepper. Yeah. It's awesome. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be different, I think. Good. A lot of variety. Anything you can leak to my very small audience? <laughs> if you like, let's just put it this way. If you like life's indulgences and you like to talk about them, tune into Pep Talks. Adult content. <laughs> XXX Triple X Triple X Boys Boys and girls Pep Talks with Pepper Yes sir Find you at Pepper's a Peach Yes Thank you for coming on Thank you Nico Us upstate New Yorkers have to represent Always Support each other Mm -hmm. So thank you for being on my little show Thank you That's it folks That's Pepper Behind the scenes (laughs) <laughs> it was a fun interview. We went all over the place. I'm going to have to edit the crap out of this one. <laughs> Peace out, mofos. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And that's the show, folks. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a story of your own, you can go ahead and email me at upstateunconventional at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. If you'd like to help the show grow, you can leave a positive review. And most importantly, share the show with your friends, family, and whoever else you can think to share it with. That's how this show grows. So thank you so much to all the listeners, and we'll see you soon. Hey.